0: welcome back to toys on tap this week is a great one with ob toys cutting up dinosaur figures and making his own creations if you have a chance get on his youtube channel the process videos are just insane if you want more toys on tap you can give us a follow at toys on tap on all social medias if you want a little bit more you can jump on that patreon patreon.com slash toys on tap if you want to help us out go ahead and give us a subscribe or a like or a follow wherever you get your podcasts leave us a review rate us it means everything to us and costs you nothing and that's an easy way to support the show now let's get to this week's episode of toys on tap
1: That is an incredible backdrop. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's just a taste of the basement
0: here. That's so crazy. So, I mean, to start it off, do
1: you keep all your creations? Yeah, I have not sold anything. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is, like I said, just the start. Get oh, that.
0: so sick. Over here. <laughs> They're massive. Some of them are so big. Holy jeez. Yeah. Yep. Dang taking I, over my basement. <laughs> I'm glad that you're on. Um, I love dinosaur toys and I have since I was a little kid, and um, it looks like you have the biggest love for dinosaur toys. So I'm stoked that you're on Toys on Tap. Um, before we get into
1: anything with your interview, can you do me a favor and introduce yourself? Ah, uh, yeah, um I'm OB from OB Toys. I um, have a YouTube channel and that's where I kind of got my start. Um, yeah, it's uh it's been going on what 3 years now. I think you and I both are products of the uh, pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, it's been a it's been a quite a ride That's so, so far. Crazy. Um, yeah.
0: Um for the name OB Toys, what is OB stand for? Oh, it's my initials. Oh, okay, okay, okay um i it's always tough with uh toy names there's like it's like a 50 50 shot that it means right. absolutely nothing or it means yeah. something important
1: yeah i mean i gave it a lot of thought i was like something simple something easy for people to remember so they can type in the computer you know what i mean so i was just like why not it'll be yeah. toys it just rolls off the tongue so.
0: And you, I mean, I'm gonna brag on you for a second, but you have got the process videos down to a science. And oh, they thanks, are man. so good. So I get why it's like perfect on YouTube and you've got so many subscribers. The I watch um, it was the other day I walked, I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch YouTube. I was talking to my wife and it was on our TV and she walked in and she was like, what do you want? And it was one of your videos that was just like, I think it was that, uh, Cobra Raptor up to the top. Right. Oh, nice. you have back there.
1: Yeah. 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 That one actually took off. I was bigger than I expected. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I was thinking like, Oh yeah. I'll just throw these two together and see what happens. Do a, pretty basic paint job on it and it just started blowing up and I was like okay so people want to see more of this stuff (laughs) holy
0: hell so let's walk it back right so you I don't know how old you are I'm a 90s kid um and so when you're a kid walk me through what it looks like what kind of toys do you have what kind of uh, like collections you got going on what does that look like for you
1: I was a ninja turtle kid yep um I was born in 85 38 Um, I, I had an older brother who was five years older than me and he was into He-Man. So we grew up with He-Man and Ninja Turtles. Those were big, biggest collections that we had. Um, definitely was into like Batman figures and stuff like that in the early nineties, like with all the movies that were out and everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jurassic, I had a little bit of Jurassic stuff from the, um, the lost world, but yeah, a few of those figures, like got lost and, or destroyed, or I have seven brothers and sisters. So, um, there's a lot of, uh, hand-me-down toys that were passed around. And, uh, by the time I moved out and everything, a lot of my toys were either gone or destroyed or something, yeah. you know, like, uh, it just kind of happened over time. But, um, it wasn't until like later on in life where I stumbled across like an eBay page or something of, uh, the, um, Thrasher T-Rex Uh, That I had when I was a kid and I was like, wow, this thing is going for a lot of money right now. And I was like, I just got into it. I got back into collecting all the toys that I wanted that I didn't ever get. Yeah. And uh, there was something about the Jurassic toys in the store, walking up to it and feeling that rubber. And it was just, they were so cool. And the way they were packaged and everything. So it was definitely a nostalgic thing for me. Which... Are you the youngest or middle? Or no.
0: Oldest? Yeah, I'm like in the middle. I'm like third to oldest. Holy moly. One of seven, you said? One of eight. One of eight. Holy jeez. Yep. Four boys, four girls. <laughs> oh my gosh. So your toys were never really your toys. Ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean, there's always those few special ones that nobody else was allowed to touch. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we we definitely shared a lot.
0: And you, like, I'm assuming... I wanna, I'm want to. i going to take a, a stab in the dark. None of the toys from your childhood made it. Like, you don't have any of those, do you?
1: Uh, a few. A few. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, like a couple of Nerf guns and a couple of uh, Jurassic items did last. Uh, a few of the smaller stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was like other toys that I didn't even know about. Or understand in, until much later, like you know, like I said, my brother was five years older than me, so he had a, like a lot more '80s toys. I'm definitely into Star Wars, but uh, we never really had Star Wars toys until like the '90s. So yeah. we didn't have any of the vintage stuff. Now I have like a entire room dedicated to Star Wars toys. Um, but one thing, like I remember, my my brother had Starcom. Do you remember remember Starcom? I don't. Uh, dude, here, I'll show you. These things are so cool. They're like from the eighties. It's like these little figures, but they, one cool thing about them is that they have like magnets on the bottom of their feet. And so like, you can put them on anything, refrigerators and all sorts of stuff. Like, but the oh. cool thing about these toys is like, it's all like wind up, uh, technology like, and everything still works. Yeah. Like, and so I, I went crazy, like trying to track down all that stuff. My toy collection just got insane at one point. And, and Um, I decided I was like, I wanted to build a channel, a YouTube channel and kind of just show the collection and maybe like review stuff. And, um, it was actually a whole process behind it. I, um, I used to flip houses for a living. Yeah. I did that for many, many years. I got injured, uh, a long time ago and I ended up having to have like four back surgeries over the years. Holy hell. Yeah, and uh, this last surgery that I had, I knew I was going to be laid up for a long time. And uh, so I wanted to do something that I could bring in some extra income while I was being laid up. I couldn't do all the work that I normally could do. So um, that's what started the whole toy venture, where I went from just collecting the things that I missed from my childhood to building something like this where I could show it off. Yeah. and talk about stuff and um so i started the channel in 2020 and six months later i was good at planning on have the surgery i was starting off with a couple videos on the youtube channel and i ended up making a custom of um, an ultima source which was a dinosaur that kenner was going to make back in the 90s but they never ended up making it because I guess it being too dangerous with the horns and stuff. Yeah. So this is like something for me, I was like, well, I can make it. I'm just going to go ahead and do this. Yeah. And after I made that one, it blew up. And then I realized right away that people don't just want to see toys. They want to see like stuff that, you know, the prototypes the things that were never made, things like that. So it like started this whole adventure of going down this road and, Every custom led to another one, and I got the greatest fans in the world because they give me the coolest ideas, too. They're always, like, coming up with cool stuff.
0: If we can pause for a, a hot yeah, yeah, you're walking around your collection, and I this is a podcast, so I'm going to do my best to describe it. It is, like, every Jurassic Park and non-Jurassic Park dinosaur that I've ever seen or ever, <laughs> like, dreamt, dreamt of – shelf after sh- hundreds if you had to put a number on how many toys you oh, have in this area right now what, what's that number uh, thousand ten thousand know. yeah maybe ten thousand holy god and it is like it's incredible and so it's insane. It's like, <laughs> yeah it is so crazy to watch sorry sorry continue continue
1: <laughs> yeah um i guess my channel kind of started off with like this collection here is the chaos effect. Yeah. And I really like the chaos effect because it was, it was pricey. It was something that was hard to find. It was something I love the history of Kenner and the toys. And so that really got me into this. Like the reason that these are highly collectible and sought after is because they did so horribly in the store where people weren't buying them. And so it was like towards the end of their run. And so now it makes them, you know, everybody wants them yeah um but this line right here is what was supposed to come afterwards and they got canceled and basically it's um it's called chaos effect night hunters mm-hmm. and the gimmick behind this is everything is glow in the dark and this is what kicked off the whole glow in the dark on my channel and um it just you know i took it one extra step i recreated all these toys these are my I actually made all these but painted them uh, to make them look like what was supposed to be made. And um, that video was popular. And like I said, it's something that I've now have done to every single one of my customs is adding glow in the dark paint. And that's, it's definitely an element to art that is much more difficult than you think. Yeah. Um, Coming up with uh, paint schemes is pretty easy when you're just like blending colors and stuff but when you have only a certain amount of colors to use for glow in the dark it makes it much more difficult to come up with patterns that actually look right and stuff like that but um my videos would probably be like twice the length if i showed everybody every layer of glow in the dark paint that i put on these things to give them the glow that i do yeah but i like it it's it's something different you don't see anybody else doing anything like that on the on youtube or i mean it's not a whole lot of dinosaur glow in the dark people yeah it's intense so how
0: walk me through the um between when you first saw these things on ebay and you were like oh i want to start collecting my old stuff to the first time you made a custom how far
1: away are those two times um uh, maybe five years okay it wasn't that wasn't that much time in between collecting the toys and then going into the world of making toys. Um, now I've always had an art background. Um, in fact, um, I was an art major in high school and college. Uh, I actually do wheel throwing pottery. Holy. Geez. And, um, yeah, I have, I have pieces like all over the country. Um, won a couple awards, things like that. And I, I'm thinking about starting a second channel of just having pottery wheel and getting back into that. It's something I, I really miss. Um, but, that you kind of see a little bit of the elements that I use in in my dinosaurs, like I'm making these little ceramic spikes. I put them on everything. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, my stuff is definitely dangerous.
0: <laughs> yeah. Holy moly! And so in that five years, the the collection that you're walking around and showing, I mean it. It's not something that just develops overnight. This is a process that you just like you've done enough research to figure out what is out there and what you want to add to your collection. So when you first started buying, was it just any dinosaur toy that was made by Kenner? You can get your hands on, or was it like you had specific ones that you had to have at first?
1: Um, it be kind of became like a, a completionist thing where yeah, I had to get everything from every, every series and um it it actually started by uh right when mattel took over the license for uh, all the new dinos coming out um that kind of like piqued an interest for me because i saw what they were planning on doing and i was really upset with what hasbro had done to the to the line but i loved the old kenner stuff and so it like made me want to go back and collect all the kenner stuff and that's kind of where i started looking into all that and actually the best way I found doing it was um, like Facebook marketplace. I would find like huge collections and buy everything for like a hundred bucks and then turn around and anything that I had like doubles or triples of, I'd turn around and sell it. And so my collection was kind of like paying for itself, Yeah, um, which is a great way to collect if you, if you don't want to spend all the money in the world, but Absolutely. Um, when it came to Mattel stuff, I mean, as you see over here. Mattel has gone crazy yeah. with the amount of stuff that they put out. And I I started collecting everything that they were putting out for like the first two years. And I even got to the point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't collect every little thing that they put out. I won't have the room for it. And I never imagined that they would put out this much product, but I don't know. I, I also go back and I look at stuff and I don't see anything being a waste because I see the potential of something turning into a custom or, uh, or potentially just selling it on my, on my website for, you know um, the toy as it is.
0: Yeah. And so the question I have, I guess is um, which as a pot, like it is so shocking that dinosaur toys have held on this long that they are just producing so many. Cause they, I've been told, that they are just peg warmers and you see them all the time but there is obviously a market because there's so many out there
1: yeah and there's there's some that are more rare than others and um i guess i've always been into like collecting antiques and valuable items and so like i'm almost that that part of it interests me um in the collecting world of it but uh yeah, like, I was never dinosaur obsessed when I was a kid like this. <laughs> you know I mean, yeah. like, this is a whole new level.
0: When you, you said something like a couple minutes ago that is so interesting, you said that everything is potential, like it could be turned into a custom. So oh, yeah. with all of the collection that you have, is anything off limits to be turned into a custom or is everything just ready to go?
1: Um. Well. With the channel, the way it is, uh, I found out that my audience is turned off by certain things. Okay. Um, Like, I have experimented a little bit with, like, doing some Star Wars stuff. And Uh believe it or not, those are, like, some of the worst videos I have. So it just goes to show you, like, there's a place for those people in that that fandom. And my channel's not it. Yeah. So there's definitely things I would love to be making that just doesn't go along with what my channel's about. So I kind of like you know stick to the the genre that I'm I've already started. Like if it, if it was up to me, like I'd be making custom spaceballs figures if I if Heck I had yeah. total freedom to like that's something like a movie I love. There was never any toys for it. That's the kind of stuff that I want to be making. I want to make like a Winnebago.
0: <laughs> yeah. Holy moly! So the question as it encroaches on 2020, and you're in the midst of the beginnings of the pandemic. You have the idea that you want to start doing this. So how did you start in the midst? Because you, you said you had some back stuff. Was that happening during the time of the pandemic? We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg like treasures... D.O.V. 2, we have engine failure. We must crash land on D.K.E. Toy Planet. Oh my. We're doomed. Wait. Salvation. Hooray. We're saved, D.O.V. 2. Limited edition custom artist-made action figures in D.K.E. Toys.
1: Check out www.dketoys.com for a full catalog.
0: Hooray for custom action figures.
1: D.K.E. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Um I had scheduled a surgery and yeah. it got postponed from the pandemic and yeah, the pandemic and everything. So um like I said, it was kind of a way for me to just come up with some extra income while I was yeah. laid up. Um so yeah, it it took on a life of its own. It really did. Like I never imagined where it would be just three months later after starting it. Like I was monetized three months after starting. And I know most people, it takes years to get monetized. Yeah. And it was so, it was crazy. It was like right away, I knew I had something. Um, The video, um, my largest video on the channel is almost almost two million views. That video I posted like two days before my surgery. Yeah. And that thing blew up like crazy. And that just gave me such a relief and to know that I have something to come back to, something to work towards, and uh, and the possibilities of it being a career, and that's what it's become. Um, I don't do anything else. This is everything that I do. And uh, yeah, it's the I'll tell you the best part about all of this. It's not the toys. It's not making stuff. It's the reactions from families that mm. I get every single day. Yeah. I get parents saying. I've inspired their kids. I get videos sent to me from South Africa, England, I mean, Germany, and it would be like a little five-year-old repeating the lines from all my videos. (laughs) Um, It's like the best feeling in the world. And and I always had the love for teaching and teaching art. I actually kind of wanted to be an art teacher for many years and this is a much better way of doing it because now I'm like teaching people all across the world. Yeah. Yeah but uh yeah it's it's truly been a blessing. I had a chance to um be invited as a guest to a toy show this past summer. It was the first event that I've done, and um I got to meet a lot of fans, got to shake hands and talk to a lot of different artists, and that meant so much to me that um they're actually bringing me back again this year, and I cannot wait. I'm gonna be giving away one of my toys. Oof. Um, yeah, yeah, so that doesn't happen often so yeah it's a uh, it's an exciting thing what toy show is it uh it's toys for the ages nice and it's going to be uh the end of july this year and it's a two day event awesome but yeah we had a, a lot of fun last year can't wait to do it again so i'd like to do more toy shows and events like that in the future and stuff but uh honestly it's like it's I'm so new to this whole world of toys, like yeah. just meeting people and, and building these uh, rapport with people. It's awesome. Like just the fact of, of listening to your podcast, which by the way, I absolutely love it. And thank, uh, thank you, half of the toys that you see me making, I'm listening to your podcast while I'm making them. So uh, that's always Thanks. awesome to hear from all these different toy makers. And it's like, so different from one to the next like the stories that you're hearing and i am glad i'm here i'm not the only one who hasn't sold any toys (laughs) (laughs) um that there's other toy makers out there like that but uh i i've listened to a lot of your podcasts but have you have you interviewed anybody else that was a a youtuber um uh yes ace of clay Ace
0: of Clay, okay, I'll have to go back and listen to that one. Ace of Clay, he um he came on because he does like sculpting on YouTube. And then I think there's a couple um that also have YouTube channels, but it's not their main source. But gotcha. I like you as you post your first video, take me back to that time. You you're getting ready to post this first video. What were the hopes that you had for the channel? Because like right now, if people don't know, you're over a hundred thousand subscribers. Um, you you've been monetized. This is your full time gig. So like, walk me back to that first video, getting ready to post it, just to see what's gonna happen.
1: Uh, it was very nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, like you you, you look back on it and you're like, all the things you would do differently and stuff like that. But honestly, I love the way it started out, and it just started out with me just panning through my collection, just yeah. a couple minute video. And that one started off, but that's, that's how my first, like maybe 10 videos went just showing off the collection. Mm-hmm. Um, the custom stuff didn't happen until like a couple months later. And, but now it's like, it's all that I do. It's, it's all about the customs. Um, yeah. It's like learning how to film and edit and everything. Like that was all new to me. Yeah. I didn't I've never done any of that kind of stuff. I'm not big on tech. In fact, my entire YouTube channel from beginning to right now has been only done with my cell phone. Oh. Like I don't use a camera. I don't like and that was another thing that I liked talking to fans about where saying that they can do the same thing I'm doing. Start a YouTube channel. You if you have a smartphone, you can do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, I I'm all about like these days it's hard to make a living selling your toys mm-hmm. or customs, or like you spend, I don't know, 40, 60 hours making something. You're never going to see the money in the, in the return for the amount of time that you put into it. Right. Right. But by showing the process and making the toys, I think that's, I think that's a place where a lot of artists can go to these days and make a living off of their art. Now, if you can find a way to sell the product product as well then that's awesome and i'm i'm looking into that i have people that want to buy my stuff um trying to figure out legal aspects of how i can make copies or things like that i look at all my things as prototypes yeah so that's kind of a reason why i don't want to give anything away or or sell it because i'm not sure what i can potentially do with it in the future um i feel like a baby still with everything that's gone on like yeah three years into it This is nothing compared to some people have been making toys for you know 20 30 years, you know. Yeah, you said you were uh new to the toy scene, but
0: the crazy thing is that if someone was to look at your collection and then look (laughs) at the videos, and then not only the videos, I think people don't understand that the techniques of how you put things together that is also learned, right? Like, there's so many chemicals out there you could use, there's so many different putties or different things clays whatever to make seams like disappear and make paint adhere to it like so much stuff and so no one would ever guess that you were new based off of how you do it and what you do
1: (laughs) it really it really got set off by finding that one listing on ebay and was like what that dinosaur yeah, what i had that? when i was a kid was was two hundred dollars now i'm like yeah. what are you kidding me like, and so then i started like searching everywhere my mom's house and like you know does this toy still exist and and then it went from that to like just buying something online or yeah and it just it just spiraled it spiraled from there but at the same time like my the other idea was to sell these toys on like a, a website or something like that and um now that's kind of become a two-way street where I can sell the toys that I know I will not make customs out of uh-huh. and because at first I, I bought everything but I, I'm telling you right now like I won't make a custom out of everything so yeah. there's definitely things that I can let go and as you see I kind of have to let things go now just to make room for all the customs (laughs) yeah because they're taking over but um yeah walk me through
0: the the market of i mean jurassic park has been around for so long now and the toys have just kept going is the collector scene for jurassic park toys or for dinosaur toys huge oh yeah okay
1: oh yeah yeah there and that was another thing about when the toy show that i went to you know, I thought a lot of my fans were five-year-old kids and turns out I was so wrong. (laughs) There'd be like 65-year-old men coming up to me and saying, I've been obsessed with dinosaurs since I was a kid. You know, these are so cool, you know, and then just striking up a conversation. And I find like my generation grew up with those movies and now they have their kids of their own and which have newer movies. And so it's just like, it's family time. Like the parents and the kids are enjoying the same content, the same toys, because it's like nostalgia for the older, you know, and then the kids are just getting into it for the first time and they're loving it. So it's all around and I don't see it dying off anytime soon. So it was definitely something that I I learned about and then went full into it because I, I saw the potential for it.
0: Yeah. Which is so rad. You um do this thing in your videos sometimes that like cuts me to the core. You take um the. So out of all the Jurassic Park toys, the ones that I am most fond of are the massive ones that they produce now. Right. The colossal. Yeah. And it's like you cut those up sometimes in your videos and it's like yeah. the most yeah. heartbreaking thing. oh yeah you, dude you create something that's so sick out of it
1: well that is another little key to being successful on youtube is create a reaction whether yeah. it's a good reaction or bad reaction it's something that'll get clicks and something that uh people can't stand to see you know it's like you hack a head off of a, someone's favorite dinosaur, and they will go crazy for it. But in the end, though, all the comments of people, I do not get hate. Right? People end up appreciating what I end up making from the results. You know, which that makes me happy. Makes me happy, uh, proud to be able to to do that process and show them because I know they won't do it to their toys. Considering, like the Plesiosaurus one sitting here, this mm-hmm. one's got over like 1.4 million or something uh views but it cost a hundred dollars in toys to make that oh my Um, gosh but you got to understand after a couple weeks of it sitting on youtube yeah it created over two thousand dollars of revenue just in the first couple weeks yeah so it took me to realize that and to just take a step back and say, okay, yes, I understand I'm cutting up a hundred dollars worth of toys here, but it will be worth it. Yeah. And, but it, yeah, it's even hard for me too. So it's not the easiest thing to hack of something that's uh, already a piece of art. Yeah. I
0: think the thing that in the toy scene, you know, being, like, having toys on tap, the toy scene is so massive, right? You have people that just do customs. You have kit bash people, resin, vinyl, sofubi, like all kinds of stuff, bootlegs. And the thing that is stretched across all of those scenes that I think you knock out of the park is the process videos. People, right? Watch, toy makers aren't necessarily the best at it. There's a bunch that have, like, started on it. But nothing at this level, and I think what's crazy to me looking from the outside in is that was one of the first things that you started doing. That was just like, we're doing this, and I love it.
1: Um, the first custom I made on the channel um, was actually this guy, uh, the source. and yeah. I did not show the process of it making oh. it. Um, I made it and then showed the final results on yeah. the video. But I saw a lot of people were leaving comments saying, oh my gosh, how did you do that? How did you put this together? And, I, and that's what kind of made me think, okay, maybe they want to see this process. And I'll tell you what, that takes building toys to a whole new level. Yeah. When you have to sit three feet back and paint the tiniest little details so your your arms or your head is not getting in the way of the camera, like that is a whole nother skill set to yeah. try to film everything in the proper lighting in the position it has to be so the audience can see it but yet you still need to be able to paint it the way you need to paint it and that's why a couple times I will like cut away from the camera and add in some details because I sometimes you just have to get up personal with it just to make those tiny tiny little details yeah but um for the most part I try to show almost everything that I do
0: Thursday night, night it's 7 p.m. YouTube live. YouTube live. It's Toys, Toys Alive. Toys Alive. Toys Alive. Toys Alive. 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 This way cool artist unboxing. No Accounts under a 1,000 followers. What? Art out there for 30 bucks or less. Collector Spotlight. Ooh, Current upcoming shows and drops. Giveaways. Short chats with artists. And news from the hood. 100% indie all the time. That's Toys Alive. Thursday, night. <gasps> Thursday nights seven p m pST YouTube live
1: um, but yeah, I mean, you watch any platform with uh satisfying videos. I mean you people will love it. They, I mean, just like power washing something. <laughs> yeah. People will sit there and, and watch a whole entire ten minute video of you power washing sidewalks just because it's satisfying. You are absolutely
0: not wrong, right there. Like my, on top of watching your videos or having you playing in the background, my other videos that I watch are car detailing or rug cleaning. Right. It's like <laughs> the worst things to watch in comparison to like having something that's toy related, but I. <laughs> what's cool i think what's cool too is that you listen to the fans and and they were like no no we want to see this does you said you had an art background does that kind of breathe into this i mean you oh, yeah. you've made you make like the horns and stuff from the clay um what about painting is painting in your background because it's got to be somewhere if you're painting like this
1: well like i said i uh, i flipped houses for yeah. 15 years and probably the thing that I loved, enjoyed the most was painting. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it to be soothing, yeah, um, so i you know i'm I'm the type of person that will listen to audio podcasts or news or whatever while I'm painting. And I always love learning something while I'm do- kind of like doing this mindless task, you know what I mean? And um now, when it comes to like the glow in the dark aspects, that has all been like I'm learning as I go. yeah. And same thing with like trying different medias to build stuff, like um, like you said, I'm using clay, milliput, uh, I've, I've used caulking, yeah, um, all sorts of stuff. You know what I mean? Like whatever works, you know, just go for it. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I'm interested to see what the next couple years looks like because I'm always like trying to come up with new ideas and I'm honestly getting to the point where I might even be making new hybrid toys using parts and pieces of toys that I already made. Yeah. <laughs> Taking things to like the next level, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, just, I don't know, man. It's been an adventure. That's for sure. The question then is because
0: you've already cornered like the market on this, like you are doing so well at doing the customization, creating what is, is there something that you have in mind that you'd like to try, but haven't because you're not sure that your audience wants it?
1: Um, I mean, if anything, I'd like to go and try something bigger, like yeah. make something massive. <laughs> um, but there's always time restraints, things like that, where I'm always pressured to kind of get something out to the audience and um so when you take a month off and do a big project it's it's not something easy to come back to with uh with youtube if, yeah. you, if you're gone for that long so like i'm trying to do little projects and bigger projects and i definitely have learned over the course of the last three years like there's patterns to with youtube like certain times of year things get more views and And, like, right now, during the winter months, it's kind of dead. But during the summer months, it's, like, incredible. Yeah. So I like to save, like, some of the bigger projects for the summer months. And, um, yeah, I don't know. There's nothing in particular that I'm, like, I really want to make that, but I don't think my audience wants it. Like I said, maybe, like, the Space Ball stuff. Yeah. (laughs) or Or, I mean, I was into the prototypes of the Star Wars toys for a while. Yep. And I wanted to make some of the prototypes that were never made. But yeah, like the Star Wars um stuff just does not do well on my channel. And uh, like I said, I think I just have this audience that loves like Godzilla's and dinosaurs and kaijus and dragons and anything big, scary with a lot of teeth, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: So when you I mean you you speed up the videos, which is thankful, like I'm so thankful that you don't do the whole video where it's like, this is how long it took me. How long? 40 hours. (laughs) Yeah, so if you take one dinosaur, you get the idea, from the time that you sit down to the time that you're done, what's average time?
1: I've gotten faster, that's for sure. Um, Like, some of these big colossal creatures will take me a good two weeks to complete. Oh my gosh. Um, But... I've recently started doing some of like these mini figures. Yeah. And I can I can knock them out in like 24 hours. Okay. Um so I mean it's all over the place. It just it depends on how crazy the paint job is or how much uh, milliput I'm using, but I've also gotten to the point where like if I'm breaking out the milliput to make some spikes, I always end up having some extra and I'll make an additional spikes and just set them aside. Yeah, And that way I have pieces already made for the next project and it just kind of speeds things along as well as like when I'm hacking heads off of toys, I'm creating like a boneyard uh-huh. of all these parts and pieces that I'm not using, but I don't throw anything away. So I'm always going in there, looking at the p- parts, the heads, the bodies, legs, arms, whatever it is, and seeing if there's any kind of creature I can kind of put together just using those parts and pieces. Like I said, I don't like to waste anything. Yeah. So. So like, the question
0: uh, I yeah. have to ask is, with your collection being so big, and then you also having another room of Star Wars and stuff, is there a spouse that you're like, "This is just what <laughs> I do"? Or no? Nope. I got a dog and a cat. That's oh, <laughs> that's the way to do it. See, if I wasn't married, I would just be surrounded by toys, and it's. <laughs> uh, I get it.
1: Yeah. Um. Maybe without the uh, YouTube channel. This would seem crazy to somebody else, yeah, but when you when you add on top of the fandom and the channel and the hundred thousand subscribers and what was it like twenty four million views, yeah, it doesn't seem as crazy now that it did when in the very beginning because I'm like you know it all meant something everything every piece that I bought every item that I added to the collection has all gone to building OB toys yeah I, I love it.
0: When you um, are in process of, like, getting ready to go to the conventions, um, is going to, like, and, and trying to, like, get yourself ready to meet these people in person that watch all your videos, um, does it, two questions, does it run through your head like, I can't believe people watch my stuff, like, this is such a thing? But also, are you trying to get to more conventions now?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I still have that feeling of, I can't believe where we are Yeah, and like went to a, a Penn state game and I'm looking in the stadium and it said like a hundred some thousand people there. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, holy cow, this is the amount of people yeah. watching or that have subscribed to me and it's it blows your mind because when it's just a number on a page, it's not so much. but when you're looking at that many people, it's it's it changes your life in the, in the way that you proceed with things, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, dude. it's um it's a blessing. that's for sure. absolutely a blessing because it not only got me to be able to work from home. Especially after having four back surgeries, being able to to get off my feet and actually do something like this, it allows me to get into the art world, which I absolutely love and I've always loved. Um, there's nothing more fun than toys. Yeah. And uh, and the reactions, the reactions are the best part about it. The like I said, the fans are absolutely great, and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world.
0: Yeah, which is incredible. Now with the conventions, are you trying – I know you've been flown out, and you're going to go back to the other one again. Are you trying to get to more conventions all over the U.S.? What's that look like for you?
1: Yeah, um, honestly, I'd, I'd like to figure out if I can come up with a product first Yeah. because I feel like if I had something to give to these people, to let them walk away with a piece of Obie Toys – Um, It means a lot more to me then. And, and so I, I'm, I am looking into that. Um, It's much more difficult than you think. I I actually probably, you understand more than anybody. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's definitely something I would love to do. And it's not just toy conventions, but it's like YouTube conventions too. stuff out in LA, or I think there's going to be one in Baltimore this year. Um, You know, just surrounding myself with those kind of people and, and, getting to make the connections like that was one of the biggest thing i loved about the toy show was networking meeting all these other toy people and you know at the first year um that i just went to the show um i think i had like thirty five thousand subscribers at that point and nobody there knew who i was and you know it was just like i didn't expect them to either you know it's like i'm just like this nobody that just started out and stuff but um now it's like this last summer when i was there a lot of a lot of the other vendors that were there were coming up and having these conversations and saying they watch and and it's inspired them to maybe do something of their own to show people when they're making their toys and i i love that i want them to show people making their toys like a lot of these guys that you've had on the podcast they need to be showing people how they make them yeah you need to make uh, show people how you make them people love it it's so cool you know
0: yeah and it's it's something that i always think about um it's one there's a funny um soundbite that people use on tiktok and instagram where it's like i need to show the process and then it like cuts to the done thing and it's like oh maybe on the next one (laughs) it's like something that i think about constantly of oh i should probably be recording this and then it's done and it's like well damn it um as you like, you made um, reference to not knowing what you can give these people when they see you at conventions. So, the question mm-hmm. then is you, you said you, you don't sell these. Is that because no one has offered to? Like, oh, no, 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 t- no. People do offer, correct? All the time. They want them and I deny them and I feel oh, bad about it. Oh <laughs> my gosh. And is there like, I, I don't want to, pro- but is there a reason that you just won't do that? Like you won't part with them? Cause there's only
1: one, there's only one of it. Oh, and there's so many so people that want that same one. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous how many people would purchase it. And, and I feel like if I gave one person that, then what I do for everybody else that wanted it. And so that's why I kind of look at them as prototypes. Yeah. As something, maybe I can make copies of. Like I, I've gotten a 3D printer and um, scanner, and I've looked into a lot of that stuff, but there's a lot of stuff when it comes to like copyright. And, you know, there's, I mean, even if you make something that even just looks similar to another toy, there's issues. So um, I'm trying to figure out ways around that, that I can still give a product of mine to them, um, but without, you know, crossing any lines. So yeah. it's a, it's a tough thing. Um, I'm, I'm able to do like merchandise, like sweatshirts, posters, stickers, things like that. Yeah. That's not a problem, but everybody wants a toy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They want to hold in their hands. stuff. So. and that's another thing with my toys being ex- extremely sharp and dangerous and brittle. Like, I don't, I don't know how I'd feel about shipping any of these things Yeah. and making sure that it actually arrived in one piece um, because they're really shelf sitters, you know, like pieces of art versus toys that are being played with on a daily basis. You know what I mean? You are a really
0: good person for not just giving it to the highest bidder.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that that want them and I've gotten some offers, some crazy offers and stuff, but um yeah I'm just not there yet yeah not there
0: yet which is um I mean you get uh so from what I know in like doing bootleg history and like trying to look back through certain certain things um you kind of get covered by parody law or like um where you can make like one you can or like customization kind of falls underneath that and you can make a single one, but you're right, it's a line that we all tow like, I don't know if you've seen uh, DKE Toys mm-hmm. when we sell with him through conventions and stuff it's a line that we all tow are we gonna put like how are we gonna change something enough so that we could sell something and make it okay, how
1: are we gonna I've, I've even seen though that it, you can change it What is this, master?
0: Deep in the darkest corners of our earth Digital sculptors are choosing body parts and combining them in unnatural ways. <laughs> they are making a mutant.
1: mutant. Join us! The evolving yeah. group of worldwide My toy makers, makers has been collaborating digital
0: sculpting and making a mutant on Instagram. <laughs> Yes, making a mutant you know, on Instagram
1: <laughs> Join making a mutant on Instagram a digital sculpting toy collab like 99% and it still falls under those categories oh how heartbreaking it's, i know it's it's um it is difficult to uh, to get past that but um at the same time too a lot of these toy makers don't have huge followings Huge yeah. audiences, and so when you get a larger audience, you get uh, scrutinized a little bit more, and um, maybe you know you're put out in the spotlight a little bit more. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I don't want to. I've been very careful this entire time about everything I do with YouTube, um, and that's just another aspect of it. It's like if I'm going to be selling a product and putting my name on it, it needs to be right. It needs to be perfect in every sense. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, I'm still working on that aspect of it. I know there's a demand for it and a need for it out there, but um, yeah, I don't know if it if it takes me sculpting something from the ground up just so i can I can make something that is one hundred percent mine, then you know maybe that's the way I gotta go,
0: yeah. and I mean, there is um, like the amount of people that you can get connected with to do this. And my, my dream, I guess, when looking at your collection and like what you do is why like Mattel or someone hasn't called you to said like, Hey, can you design us the next colossal? That would be awesome.
1: Yeah. I I would love to hear from Mattel. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I've tried reaching out, but uh, they're, they're difficult to, uh, to communicate with back and forth. Yeah. Uh, You would, you would think, by looking at my collection, they would they would be calling me. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean they got their own stuff going on. A lot of people were like, You should go work from a town. Like, yeah, that that sounds fun, but I kind of like working for myself. <laughs> yeah. Cause he, I mean, what does it look like? Cause there's
0: not too many toy makers out there that are self-employed or like to the point where it's like full time. What does it look like? You set your own hours, you kind of do your own deadlines. How strict are you with yourself when you do this kind of stuff?
1: I, I'm a tough boss. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I push myself to uh, I set goals and deadlines. And it, I think that falls back on me flipping houses. Like, um, you know, a project like that can just take you forever. And yeah. time is money in that business. And um, I feel like a lot of the business skills that I learned doing that, it definitely rolled over in me having my own business with this. And, um, if you, if you're not strict with yourself, you you can't do this because you can easily just be like, I'm burned out. I don't feel like making anything and not do it, but you know, it's just like any other job. Yeah. You get to set your hours and, uh, work around things. You can go on vacations when you want stuff like that. But in the end, if you don't make the product, you know the channel doesn't get it doesn't increase it doesn't grow, so it's just, yeah, it takes some uh, discipline. Dude,
0: this is so sick! It's such a good eye-opening, like experience to see from the other side of what toy making can look like. I appreciate that. Um, as we, I mean, we've blown through this episode, which is crazy. But like, as we like move on to the end part. Um, I always love the last part of the podcast because it's where everyone can plug everything about them um, and what they got going on, what they hopefully got coming up and where you can be seen. So take this last bit, plug everything, please, please.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, the main source would be the YouTube channel, Obi Toys. Um, I'm also on Instagram and uh, TikTok as well. And just Obi Toys there as well. Um, like i said i will be at toys of the ages uh, toy show expo uh, this summer so uh, you can check out the website and look at the addresses there and stuff and if you're local within a couple of states away or something like that and want to come on out uh, love to have conversations with all of you guys um, but uh yeah I, I got a facebook group as well and this is something that I kind of just started recently and uh, for all those people out there that are toy makers even if you're 65 years old or a five-year-old if you make a toy or custom and you want to come on to the ob toys um facebook group share your work share it there and uh, i love it i absolutely love getting a chance to uh, see you guys' work as much as mine so um yeah that's pretty much it hot dang dude thank you so much for coming on to
0: the podcast today
1: well thank you for having me i really appreciate it